Hey, everybody. Happy Black Friday. Happy The Game Eve. Welcome to the podcast daily on Freaky Friday. That is Jeremy Birmingham, Bill Landis, and I am Austin Ward. It's time to get into some bold predictions. We're not going to do anything extra this week. We're not going to look around campus. There aren't a lot of other major events going on for the Buckeyes, and we know that when it comes to this rivalry, that's where the focus needs to be the day before. Ohio State and Michigan in the horseshoe at noon. Uh, guys, uh, it's getting close now. How are we feeling about this weekend? I feel great. Good. Just yeah. like Tommy Eichenberg's hands. That's right. That's right. Berm, how do you feel? I am here, and I am doing this podcast. Super That's a little excited, Super excited to be doing this podcast. And making predictions about this game, which is the most unpredictable game of my life. Uh, and know that I will certainly get all of these predictions exactly right. Because in the history of this game, anytime you expect something to happen, it always does. Are you, are you even going to make predictions that qualify as bold? Or are no. you just going to like no, play it for, as close to the best as possible? I am just here for moral support for you guys today. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually sitting this one out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually sitting. Now, so I'm just gonna cheer. Mm. I'm just gonna cheer you guys on. Should be a great show. Yeah, I think we should uh, make him go first. I, I there's no question. Yeah. Okay. The king has decreed that Burn must make predictions. <laughs> okay, 350 yards passing and four touchdowns for C.J. Stroud um, against the number one ranked pass defense in the country. <clears throat> I think it could be more than that if Ohio State wasn't intent on trying to run the ball this weekend, and I think that they know they have to or that they want to because I really believe that there is a, a deep-seated um, desire to go out and show Michigan that they are tougher than them. Uh, and so I think they're going to try to, to run the ball more than I would probably want them to, knowing that Michigan's defense – prefers to play man-to-man. Generally speaking, that's not a great game plan against the Ohio State receiving core. Um, but I think that C.J. Stroud is going to have his cleanest game of the year, and I expect him to put on a clinic on Saturday in the attempts that he gets to throw. I'm going to say 75% uh, 75% completion and 350 with four touchdowns. Berm, I'm not going to make bold predictions. Also, Berm, watch this. <laughs> I don't think that's that bold. We've seen C.J. play that way before. I, I think that you know, it's a game where the, the best players on the field have to win the game for Ohio State, and C.J. Stroud is still, in my opinion, the best player on the field. That's almost why I think that you were tempted to take more passing yards and probably why I think that if Ohio State's going to win this game the way that I think Ryan Day should, like, get don't worry about running the football. Just let C.J. do it, and if Michigan wants to play man-to-man, good luck to them. I don't think that that will work, so... If that if that's what they choose, if what's what Ohio State chooses to do, and how Michigan tries to defend them, three fifty could be conservative. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, again. I think that Ohio State could throw for more. I just don't think that they're going to. Tr- I think they want to come out and establish the run. My hope is that they set the pe- the run up by using the passing game early. That's that's my hope. All right, Bill. <clears throat> uh, I think they are going to run the ball and do so successfully. So I have, a, I have a pair of bowl predictions related to the run game. I'll, I'll save one for now. My, my first will be that Ohio State ends up doubling Michigan in rushing yardage. Uh, mm. We'll call it uh, 304 yards for Ohio State, which would be their first 300-yard rushing game uh, against Michigan since 2015 when Zeke went nuts up in Ann Arbor. 
uh, and like 150 for Michigan. And part of that is probably the uncertainty with with Blake Corum. But also, like I don't, I don't really know how much better Michigan's rushing attack is than Ohio State's. I like Michigan majors in it; it's their identity. But the numbers are fairly comparable. Michigan has more rushing yards per game, but they run it more per game than Ohio State does. Ohio State is better uh, yards per carry. Um, they're better. Um, like um, line yards, if you get into more more of the advanced analytics um, stuff rate and short yardage, Michigan's better. But I think that's a byproduct of Ohio State kind of forcing a thing that they shouldn't be doing. So if Ryan Day didn't line up with 14 tight ends and try to run the ball, I think those numbers would be different. Um, <laughs> but I also I don't think he's going to try to do that in this game. I think I think they have found something the last couple of weeks running out of um, you know 11 personnel, one tight end packages using Dallin Hayden more. And I think that leads. I think it's going to be a balanced attack. I'm not saying they're going to like ride the run game to to a victory over Michigan. I think it will be balanced, and I think CJ Stroud will have a big day as well. Uh, but I I like 300 rushing yards for Ohio State in this game as as a way of proving a point that um, this rushing attack was probably a little better than we gave it credit for all along. Hmm, I like it. Starting off with two bold predictions that are in direct conflict. It's just edgy. That's right. I love it. I think uh, who on Tuesday. Or probably, if you had to guess, somebody on the Ohio State roster who was the most offended by the accusations of a team not being tough, who do you think that would be, Berm? Would it be the guy who said he didn't give a shit about what other people thought about their toughness? <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know if we were going to curse on this show or not today. I'm surprised you didn't already cut up that sound drop. It's a direct Kate Stover. quote. It's a direct quote, so I feel <laughs> I feel like it's okay to say it. Um, I'm gonna say Kate Stover because he did not seem particularly amused by the line of questioning on Tuesday. Yeah, he <laughs> one of the toughest people that I think any of us has prob- have probably ever met. Probably doesn't like hearing that, and I think he had more things that he wanted to say but he probably felt like it was more effective just to get everyone's attention with some press conference profanity, which is not very common at Ohio State, um, as much as some players may like to use it. Kate Stover is going to be uh, incredibly locked in for this one. We'll see. I think that probably lends itself to helping in Bill's case with some of the run blocking, but I think Ohio State's going to use him as a target to help the passing attack. We've seen that more this year than in years past. Um, but there also has been just this tendency for some of the biggest games for Ryan Day where uh, he unleashes the tight ends to whether that's catching the opponent off guard, whether that's just scheming up stuff that he knows is going to work or that they haven't shown a ton on film. I think about some of the combo routes that um, you know Jeremy Ruckert and Luke Farrell would run, uh, the outing against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl where they just absolutely exploded. We've seen some of the misdirection stuff. Um, tight end screens, throwbacks to the tight ends sprinkled throughout the year. I think the full bag of tricks is going to be available to Ryan Day in this one, and Kate Stover has proven to be somebody who can capitalize on that. He's going to do so with a double ding-dong in the Mm. game, and he'll probably have other colorful things to say when it's over if those touchdowns help Ohio State win on Saturday at noon. So that is my first bold prediction. Uh, I, I can get behind that. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I actually think uh, Cade Stover is going to be a player that Michigan's focused on a little bit, and Junior Colson might be Michigan's best defensive player at linebacker, and I think you'll see him uh, match up with Cade in some of those passing situations. And that's why I think Dallin Hayden is going to have more than 50 yards receiving in this game. I think that he's going to have a mm. receiving touchdown. 
Um, I think that Michigan is one of the few teams in the country that is equipped to handle the tight end in, in the passing game. Number one, because they do it so much on their own that they're sort of prepared for it. You, you get to see it a lot in practice. Um, but I don't think that Ohio State has thrown it so enough to the running backs this year that it's going to be really on the radar. And I would expect to see something happen in the, the running back passing game as a way to get TJ going early, but also as a way to get down Hayden um, moved around a little bit and give him an opportunity to, to do some other things. So uh, 50 yards receiving for Dallin Hayden and a touchdown, one of the four that CJ will throw. I like that. I like the idea. Um, I have a question for you guys. So I I already gave this prediction in a show that people, I guess, will watch after this, <laughs> the, the Brian <laughs> Eating Cooling Weekend kickoff show about what Dallin Hayden will do in this game. Uh, yeah. should, I, should I double down on it here or should I come up with a new one? I think that would be tripling down because it would be tripling. I down. I yeah. spilled the beans about you seeing it in the press box on Monday, and then I asked you about it on Tuesday on the daily, yeah. and then um, I'm going to look into the future and think that you're also going to say it on weekend kickoff. So, so the question that, is, Bill, how many of the 304 <laughs> yards rushing is Dallin Hayden going to get? <laughs> uh, 227. But I'll come up with a different one because I don't want to. Moving on. I don't want people. I don't want to. I don't want to have people hearing the same thing over and over again. I uh, <laughs> I am into the idea of running backs catching the football in this game, and I thought it was odd that we did not see Xavier Johnson last week against Maryland really do anything on the offense after he had a, a couple of nice catches in that long run against Indiana. Um, I suppose now putting him in the game to only throw him the ball would be uh, telegraphing things in a way you, you don't want to. But I do think he gives them something as a receiver out of the backfield, something else for Michigan to have to account for, and something that can, frankly, be be explosive for Ohio State's offense. It's not just like a, a decoy to mix things up. Xavier Johnson's a really good football player. Um, so I say that rather than Dallin Hayden, who I, I guess I don't view as a tremendous receiving threat, uh, I think Xavier Johnson will be the guy who's catching passes out of the backfield in this game, and we'll call it uh, four catches for 61 yards. It was a little bit odd, Bill, because I talked to Xavier Johnson last week and Ryan Day as well about this. Like, it doesn't, it didn't he didn't have to play running back necessarily. He could just because of what Ohio State was dealing with with the injuries and Travion. Um, but they had said no matter what, Xavier Johnson needs to be a bigger part of the offense. He's earned that. He needs to touch the football more. Whether that's at receiver or running back didn't really matter to them because they thought he could do them equally. Um, We've seen him obviously get the kickoff return role, uh, had a chance to nearly break one last week, but it was also a reminder of how explosive he could be. And I remember sitting there on Saturday night being like, huh, I wonder if they should put this really explosive athlete back into the offense. <laughs> and maybe that was still an element of let's keep something hidden for Michigan. Maybe not. I mean, they, the game was pretty close. Uh, you might have needed to empty the bucket a little bit more than they did, but I I did find that odd last week that he didn't play as much as I anticipated that he would. I'm gonna I'm gonna further drill down. We're gonna see a two back <laughs> set with Dallin Hayden and Xavier Johnson. Oh, whoo! Those cooking over here. I can get behind some of that. I'm a big fan like, of that idea. <laughs> Split the running backs and and make them choose, and then you get right. over in the middle of the field without any <laughs> Although I'm not entirely right. happy with the fact that Bill now has made two predictions and both of them have been attempting <laughs> to undermine mine. This is payback for the time that you just changed all mine earlier in the year. Son of a gun. <laughs> Son of a gun. 
Berm's always thinking that I'm trying to argue with him, and now I'm just a mediator here. Okay, your turn. Okay. I I believe this will be the crowning achievement for Zach Harrison. There has been a lot of conversation, justifiably so in some cases, about how Ohio State can handle mobile quarterbacks, and it goes back to, beyond this season, but at least for this year, to some issues that they had letting Daquan Finn run around. The two of you said, oh, if they can't handle Daquan Finn, J.J. McCarthy's the world's greatest athlete. How are they going to manage this? And I said, I don't know about that, but he is certainly mobile enough to create problems. What I think is going to happen is that Zach Harrison's going to spread his pterodactyl wings, and every time that J.J. McCarthy looks for that escape hatch, he will just stick out one long arm and corral him for three sacks in the backfield, partly because JT Tuimoloa will be collapsing the other side of the line and forcing McCarthy to run, and that will send some sacks Zach Harrison's way, and he has been really on point, especially in the second half of the year, of finishing off some of these tackles, handling his assignments well, coming in with a little momentum after the two sacks to finish the win over Maryland, coming in with some motivation after you know, years of people saying he hasn't lived up to the five-star potential. Um, you know, local kid, recruitment, as Berm can uh, attest and tell stories about coming down between Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, he hasn't had the impact in this series that he would have envisioned or wanted, uh, but he's got a chance to do that now when the stakes are at an all-time high. Zach Harrison, three sacks. I think this season, as far as, like, photos – that I, I like uh, that I've taken every game. There's one or two of Zach just bearing down on a quarterback where he looks like, like a grizzly bear getting ready to. Attack <laughs> so I like that. I, I just, I, you know, it's great to watch him finally have this opportunity because as you mentioned, like Zach, I, I've, got, I've known him now for six years. And, and you, when, when you get to know a kid like that, and I off, I said back in his recruitment that I thought that the expectations were a little, um, aggressive because he certainly mm -hmm. was a, a super raw exceptional athlete but he really hadn't learned how to play football yet and you can now see that he's understanding football and he was talking about it on tuesday at the ohio state media availability like stay patient don't try to do anything crazy so you know stay in your lane make sure that you're watching this this that and it's, it's good to see that he's understanding the way he can impact this game for ohio state um and I think that that's part of, of what you have to get out of this weekend. You have to get guys playing smart, playing inside of their heads. Uh, but that's why my third bowl prediction, I think we should probably make four on the show since we don't have a, you mm. know, a, a, you know, a half time break uh, before mm. we go to score. My third one is this, there will be more than six personal fouls between the two teams. In <laughs> that's a lot. Oh. <laughs> I, We've got a rumble, boys. <laughs> I, I think one of the biggest concerns that I have for Ohio State heading into this weekend is that somebody plays too aggressive and, and gets kicked out of this game early that could matter. So, uh, Who? I, I'm not sure. Drill down. I mean, no, I mean <laughs> it, could, it could be Cade Stover, certainly. He certainly uh, has the capability to. That wouldn't be, be good for me. To be feisty. Um, uh, it could be someone like. You know, uh, Teron Vincent, something like that, where he he gets goaded into a, a post, you know, play scuffle. Uh, Michigan's offensive linemen are going to try very hard to get into the heads of these Buckeye defensive linemen after the way things went last year, and they're gonna they're gonna try to push the envelope there. I, I just think that you're gonna see 
uh, some hotheads at a number of times in this game. And so I'm just hoping no one gets kicked out, but um, six personal fouls or more. I'm going to drill down on your prediction and say, if there's an Ohio State player who gets ejected, it will be Jaden Ballard. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's a good choice. I mean, it depends he likes on who the kicks off first, I guess. Yeah. Depends on who kicks off first. There's, he's the edgiest special teams player I've ever seen. You know, for a kid who does not talk off the field, he sure does talk a lot on it. And uh, I, think that, I think that's what you want if you're an Ohio State fan, right? You want guys that are just willing to go out there and, and do the dirty work. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gotten like two already this year, hasn't he? Personal yeah, fouls on kickoffs. I still don't know what like he got the one against what Iowa, and I still don't know what the hell that was for. So, whatever. Maybe he said the magic word. We're not down there. You are. <laughs> what do you say? Offense. You're not allowed yeah. to say that to Iowa. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, uh, my third bull prediction. So this is. Uh, Tricky because of the timeline of things. Uh, Bolitnikov finalist ballots went out on Monday, and they're due on Saturday for some reason. <laughs> I think like Saturday night, which doesn't make much sense. Maybe maybe that was a typo, and they're actually due Sunday because the semifinalist ballots were also due on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday. So maybe, maybe that's just a typo on the website and in the email they sent out. But right now it says they're due on Saturday. But either way, I think, I'm hoping, that there's enough of a window there for Marvin Harrison Jr. to lock that up. Uh, and I think he will lock it up. Eight, eight catches. Lock it up. <laughs> eight catches for 154 yards and three touchdowns on Saturday. Uh, I think – I don't know what the national – it feels like there's an increasing national conversation about Marvin Harrison Jr., but I still would probably say that Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is the favorite to win the Blitnikoff because he went nuts against Alabama, but – that's fairly far removed from people's minds. Tennessee is like no longer front of mind for people in the national scope. Um, no one, I think, will be watching them this week. They're not going to be in the SEC championship. So Marvin Harrison Jr. has a chance, I think, to make a real move there. But the timeline is wonky. So he needs to have a big one against Michigan, I think, to have a chance at locking it up. And I believe that he will. Kind of, I, I get so frustrated with voters for college football awards who are not interested in voting for the best player at the position. I don't understand. It, Austin went on a, a little bit of a rant about this as we recorded Weekend Kickoff, and people will see that later. But I feel like it's important to underline it, underscore it, reiterate it. If you're watching wide receivers this season, if you're voting on this award and you have watched the wide receivers, you cannot tell me there is one better than Marvin Harrison. You cannot do it. Can't do it. Impossible. College football awards voting is the single dumbest thing that I've ever seen. Like, how do they decide who gets to do it? I would rather watch the college football playoff selection committee every Tuesday night than have to pay attention to awards semifinalists in the middle of November when there's a quarter of the season left. What are we doing? Yeah, some yeah. some of them Berm, are, are just like through the FWAA, but like the Blitnikoff, I think has a panel. Like I was asked last year to be on the panel for the Blitnikoff vote. I don't know how many other voters there are, but I think they imagine just the pick impact you could have had if you hadn't just abandoned your post. <laughs> well, Berm, <laughs> it's not like it's stupid to be on it because you have they make you you put your reputation on the line for them, and you have to forecast who's gonna be good in the last month of the season. 
It it doesn't make any sense the way I know that they who's going to be good in the last month of the season. The player who is the best for the first two months <clears> of the season, <throat> Marvin Harrison. Anyhow, <clears throat> next lock yeah, it up. That would you seem lock it up. that would. Okay, <laughs> I'll just save it for weekend kickoff. Good idea. Yeah, You're, it's so your turn, Austin. Awesome. Prediction number three. Well, I've got to figure out what to do since I was only planning on three, and now I'm told we have to do four. Well, <clears throat> got to learn to adjust. I, I guess I'll go. This run of, of punt blocks is pretty phenomenal. And it seems like now that Ohio State has figured out what aggression can provide it and the history of uh, similar plays like it in the game, that uh, Ohio State will push the envelope there. They're far more, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, lost my voice on Tuesday talking about the Buckeyes. Um, Today's Friday. Get over it. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, it seems like they have figured out that they're much better off being aggressive and attacking the punters rather than sitting back and trying to return them when they've not been good at that uh, for a very long time and are arguably this season as bad as they've ever been at doing so. Um, Lathan Ransom will use that cast to great effect and he will make it three weeks in a row with a punt block. It will be recovered by Caden Curry and returned for a touchdown. Oh boy. Where will burn be when that happens? Caden was so (laughs) close to getting a punt return, punt block return for a touchdown against Indiana. And I, I talked to him after the game about that. And he, you know, he got like 11 former teammates that play on the Hoosiers team. And he said, like, I said, dude, I showed him a picture of how close he was to returning it for a touchdown. And his response was, I had my celly all planned out. Like he knew he already, <laughs> he already had it planned. He went into the game thinking, if I score a touchdown today, I know what the celebration is going to be. And he was very disappointed he didn't get it. So I hope uh, it won't have the same, it won't be the same celebration this time if it happens, because that one was specific for his teammates uh, from Greenwood High School. So it'll be interesting to see what he has cooked up or, or thinking about this week. Oh, you know what it was? Uh, he didn't tell me because it didn't come to fruition. But I know oh. I asked him if it was a if it was specific to his teammates or if it was something that he just generally wants to do. And he said it was specific to the guys he played with in high school. So they would have they mm. would have understood it, but nobody else would. Have. That's the, the best gritty? kind of celebration. Is he going to gritty? It, it's probably the gritty. No one's ever done that before. <laughs> no one's ever done that. Uh, All right, Brian, you're fourth. Pop block for Lathan Ransom. That's interesting. Um, you know who I think played really, really, really well in the first two months of the season and has not played particularly well the last three weeks is Ronnie Hickman. Ronnie Hickman. Uh, yep, I already said it. Um, sorry, you're slow. Um, you know, Ronnie made a little bit of news earlier this week, and I'm not sure why it really was news. His name was on the list of people walking uh, a senior day on Saturday, so that's generally – He a, is a senior. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's not a sign – if a guy's name is not on the list, it's not a sign that he's for sure coming back. But if a guy's name is on the list, it's a pretty good indicator that he's not coming back. And so um, the fact that he was asked about it and, and they and, you know said it as much on Tuesday that he was uh, leaving Ohio State after this season and this was his final home game uh, shouldn't have been a surprise. What uh, And I think he's going to have his best game of his career. And I think you're going to see uh, a two-interception game for Ronnie Hickman, including a pick six. Uh, and that pick six will sort of be the touchdown that ends the game uh, one way or the other. Mm. Like a walk-off? Not a walk-off, but something, you know, where you're we're in the fourth quarter and, and it's a one-score game and his touchdown separates it and ends it. Mm. I like that. that. That's a drill down. That is a drill down. 
Um, we if, you, <laughs> if you look at the list of players in Ohio State history that have had 20 tackles in one game, like half of them were against Michigan, um, Tommy Eichenberg will add his name to that list with 20 tackles against Michigan uh, with two broken hands. The man will rack up 20 tackles because uh, I think even my, my my score prediction is, I guess, fairly lopsided given what the spread of this game is. But Michigan is going to try to do what it does, which is run the football a whole lot, regardless of who it has available at tailback this week. And uh, it will be very much a Tommy Eichenberg game. He has, I think, been building to this moment. Um, and I think probably, uh, you know, foaming at the mouth a little bit to play better than he played last year against or frothing frothing at the mouth i think is what you're or foaming <laughs> or foaming um play better than he played last year against michigan and and i think he'll show up in a major way on saturday with 20 tackles do you think that wow. tommy eichenberg orders like coffee with little you know foam leaves in them i doubt it no i don't think so like no. do you think he I, goes to starbucks and is like make my foam into a skull do you think that he drinks coffee, or do you think he crushes like monster energy? Yeah, uh, no, I think he just probably eats coffee beans straight up. <laughs> he, eats coffee. <laughs> just, <laughs> he he takes like you know the pouches that the tobacco comes in. And he just replace empties it, puts the tobacco in the garbage because it's disgusting, and just fills it with coffee beans. Or ground he just coffee. chews on them all. Not, not the beans, not the beans, just the ground coffee. Ground you know coffee. what I mean? I he <laughs> ground coffee when he stood up. Rides. When he stood up on Tuesday and left, he he weirdly flashed a smile to Berm, and then I said, "Hey, Tommy, I'm issuing the Tommy Eichenberg say ten words challenge," and he said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." That's, I, I, that's I was two. concerned. I was concerned that he was smiling after a media availability, so I asked him, "Are you okay?" I figured, like you know, when he told you, Bill, that his, his hands felt good, I assume it's some sort of pain pain medication because he was also <laughs> smiling. So whatever, he's going to play and he's going to have 20 tackles. So Austin, it's your turn. And what? Austin, I know you're going to be sad that Bill took the 20 tackle thing since that was one of your uh, things. Uh, well, I mean, I don't have to say off. it here. It was just a really great adjustment by Bill to take something that I was going to say in about four hours on this channel. Yeah, oh, did, I forgot about here. that. That was, that was not gamesmanship. That was just me totally forgetting. Oh, <laughs> what people okay, said. Bill. All right, <laughs> you yeah, Bill's uh, gonna tweet it, tweet out the link. You heard it here first, but I also think I, let, I think I he, said it on Wednesday. That's gonna be his written one on OhioState.Rivals.com for sure. Yeah, he's gonna say it five times in five different spots before I can get to it. That's right. The risks, the risks of having to film all yeah. of our content in advance because of Thanksgiving. If any Columbus radio shows want to have Bill on to give some conversation on Friday morning. <laughs> Ask him how many tackles he thinks Tommy Eichenberg's gonna have. Just, he's gonna he's gonna call uh, into the normal spot when I'm on the morning juice yeah. and uh, can no, I Austin talk, couldn't. Uh, can, uh, this is Bill. Can I talk to Austin? <laughs> I got something to say. I got to get this off my chest. Um, okay, if we are going deep with a fourth prediction, I can't not say that Cameron Brown is going to leave a pick six on the table in his final home game in the horseshoe. It's going to happen. I'm speaking it into existence for him. Um, it's so weird how Ohio State cornerbacks have been unable to come up with, uh, outside of Cam Brown, pass breakups, but certainly interceptions. Uh, it's It goes all the way back to training camp with the injuries and the lack of reps that these guys have had. Ohio State's defense has been just fine without getting it from that position. Uh, one of the best in the country in the past defense has been a lot more uh, solid than 
it seems. Um, I think we pay attention to some of the bigger busts, but there's just not a lot of other things happening to them other than the times where they give it up deep. That's not something that you want to do, but you can live with the results that they've had there. Um, now that Cameron Brown is building some of that momentum and being and getting healthy, he's playing like a first-round draft pick. Uh, I, I think it's uh, encouraging for Ohio State. Uh, certainly, you can knock on wood that with his injury history, uh, that that sustains itself heading into Saturday and the postseason beyond. He's playing great. Uh, he's a little bit in, embarrassed and challenged physically. Didn't have a bunch of teammates getting his back last year in the big house. I think he's going to be highly motivated to play the best game of his career and go out um, with a win and a little bit of revenge in the horseshoe. So uh, Cam Brown, major impact for the Buckeyes. Okay. Well, mm. we're through our four. It's time for SPs on BPs. Mm. Okay. Uh, I haven't changed mm. mine. I, I 31-17 Ohio State is my prediction for the weekend. Um uh, I don't. I don't think Ohio State's going to score a rushing touchdown. So uh, I think four passing touchdowns for CJ Stroud and a field goal for Noah Ruggles, thirty-one seventeen. Uh, I'm at forty-two twenty-four, and I am uh, n- nearly considering lowering that total for Michigan because, like, as the week has gone on, it just seems like Blake Corum is not going to be able to play. Um, but we'll stick with twenty-four. 42 to 24. That's two rushing touchdowns for Dallin Hayden, four passing touchdowns for uh, Coleridge, who also, like I said, Marvin will, will cement the Blitnikoff. I think uh, CJ comes out of this weekend looking pretty good for the Heisman because I think uh, Caleb Williams is going to throw the ball with Notre Dame a couple times on Saturday night. <laughs> now we're getting but he's al- the BPs. That's right. But he's already clinched the Heisman trophy. He's number one. He is number USC's one. USC's in the playoff. Yep, it's all very, done. They're very good. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Notre Dame is going to Tough. run for 400 yards against USC on Saturday. Looks <laughs> apropos of nothing. Go ahead. That's a fifth Fire. fifth bowl prediction. I like it. Oh, Berm's firing up that app across the state line. <laughs> Give me get, prop get some bit. prop bet. <laughs> gambling Berm. Uh, hey, but it's me, Gambling Berm. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what happened there. Austin, it's your final, uh, your score prediction. Has it changed? Yes, it has. Again? Um, again. For the third time, I I'm going to bump the Buckeyes up to 38, and I think the decrease that I went from uh, 23 to 16, I will stick with that for Michigan, especially with Blake Corum. I do not expect that he will play. He will probably put on a uniform and uh, act as if he will be available for Michigan. But um, based on the things that I've seen and heard, I I can't imagine that he's going to be able to play. That's a very bad deal. Uh, for Michigan, um, if Donovan Edwards as well is limited with that hand, Michigan's wide receivers are, I don't think, uh, that terrifying. And J.J. McCarthy's arm, I don't think, is anything that should cause great concern for Ohio State. So I think that this game, two or three weeks ago, I was trending towards this is going to be an all-time classic tight battle going down to the wire. I don't, I don't think on paper or... Uh, in terms of motivation or where this game is being played or the coaches that that's really the case anymore. So 38, 16 Ohio state. There it is. That's settled. That's mm-hmm. it. Those are bold predictions. This has been the podcast daily on freaky Friday, uh, a more straight laced show perhaps than normal. Um, hopefully that 
reflects the gravity of the situation. For number two versus number three in the horseshoe at noon, we are going to have full coverage. We've still got weekend kickoff presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems coming your way on Friday. We will be in the horseshoe as early as possible to get you a live pregame show on the podcast. We've got uh, coverage at ohiostate.rivals.com. We appreciate all of the new signups that have been coming our way at this busy time of year. You can use code DTE30 uh, to get a free trial, a free month on us to come hang out. Bill Landis and I will be in the game thread chatting on Saturday afternoon. That's where you can find us as we've migrated away from Twitter to uh, take the conversation there to our loyal community of readers. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Right, Berm? That's it. It's game time. Okay. Enjoy uh, Black Friday. Uh, Get all your nerves out and get ready uh, for a fun day. The last week of the regular season, the rivalry, noon. I don't have to tell you guys that. That's Bill Berm. I am Austin. Uh, We'll see you all tomorrow in the horseshoe.